I remembered something I'd once read, that a representative owes the people not only his industry, but his judgment. And he betrays them if he sacrifices it to their opinion. That was written by Edmund Burke, a member of the British Parliament. Words have power. Words are power. Words could be your power. You can change a life, inspire a nation, and make a, this world a beautiful place. Your mouth can spit venom, or it can mend a broken soul. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, and among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, it's Friday, June 29th, 2018, and this is what we call FritzCast, my little libertarian millennial home for discussing politics and current events and all sorts of news, and, you know, a lot of times it turns into ranting, it turns into raving, it turns into criticisms, critiquings, and my very, I guess, not common approach to a lot of political situations and, and, and the news and the current events that's going on in the world today. Uh, it's just a perspective from me, a 29-year-old nothing, just a Joe Blow who, you know, oddly enough, who's <laughs> talks about libertarianism and limited government, who actually works for the government. I mean, it's not oxymoronic, I don't think. Uh, and uh, if you've listened to my show up until now, I've had you know, at least a hundred episodes or more. Well, more than that. Um, if you if you've listened up to now, you've heard you you've heard me say that working in the government has helped build this sort of libertarianism in me uh, over the course of years, mind you. Uh, and I still, to this day, continually develop more into a libertarian thanks to working for you know, in a government position. I opened with my special opening today. That's not the that's not the opening that I normally, you know, open with. It pops up here and there every once in a while when I think that we need a reminder of things, some of it being the principles that, you know, we have as a nation. It's usually quotes from, you know, uh, maybe the Declaration of Independence, maybe the Constitution, maybe maybe JFK, 
saying, ask not what your country will do for you, but what you can do for your country. You know, maybe it's, uh, maybe it is that quote from, from Edmund Burke, a member of the British Parliament. Maybe, maybe it is that saying that your representative isn't your representative to go and represent just your opinion on things, but to offer a more constitutional-based opinion or at least a broader perspective from a whole body of people, a whole different, diverse group of people. One of the things I put in there, that little quote on words, actually, uh, was a speech by Muhammad Qatani about the power of words, including what words you use, what rhetoric you use, and the fact that you can use words to spit venom and be vile and and incite people. Or you can use them to, you know, mend a broken soul, bring somebody up, you know, build better relationships, things like that. And one of the reasons I put that in the introduction this time is because this past week, I kind of got fed up. I, I got fed up with and and part of it is part of it is probably a lot of overtime worked pa- part of it is probably uh, uh, problems that have stemmed you know from you know being a homeowner you know things go wrong you find things that need fixing you find for example plumbing issues when you're tearing up your floor that have been going unnoticed and maybe cause damage and that frustrates you. So you pick up a couple extra overtimes at work so you can, you know, fatten your paycheck a little bit. Even though that the money that you're fattening your paycheck with isn't going towards something that you really want. It's something that you got to fix. You know, maybe that maybe that contributed to my frustrations a little bit. It's possible. But some of the reactions and some of the rhetoric that I've seen on social media from some of our representatives, from from the news media. I mean, I'm not going to pin blame on any single one person. Not any single one person. But there is madness and there is chaos and it seems like we are beyond the point of fixing it. And and what what exactly am I talking about? Okay, so so much has happened, uh, and I think maybe John Ziegler is a podcast I listen to, The World According to Zieg, and I think it's a very good podcast. Uh, I think John has a very uh, another unique perspective that, unfortunately, you know, unique perspectives of of this variety don't sell because you know it's not controversial enough and it's not telling people what to think enough and it's it's really just taking you know a, a cold hard look and spouting an opinion on on what's going on and some of it is just bluntly calling things stupid you know and, and I guess there's not a market for that but John Ziegler always talks about how under Trump it seems like one week one week can go by and for a normal president that one week maybe had one story or maybe had no stories to talk about because it was a normal president. But Donald Trump, one week, is equal to about like six months 
worth of information crammed into a week. And that's week after week after week. You become overwhelmed with stuff. Overwhelmed with stuff. Supreme Court made a couple of like key decisions uh, within the past you know, month and a half, maybe. Uh, one of them was the Masterpiece Cake Shop, which the, if you want to talk to somebody heart-to-heart and sincerely about the Masterpiece Cake Shop case in the Supreme Court, the first thing you got to ask him is, what was the case about in the Supreme Court? What was the Supreme Court hearing the case for? What, what, for what purpose? If the first words out of somebody's mouth were, uh, whether or not a bakery has to bake a cake for a same-sex wedding ceremony, eh, shut them down, because they're wrong. They're, they're wrong. That's not why it went before the Supreme Court. It went before the Supreme Court because the owner of Masterpiece Cake Shop was appealing because he felt that he was discriminated against. He felt that he was disparaged by the Colorado Civil Rights Commission. That's why it went to the Supreme Court. That's why the Supreme Court heard it. And their decision in that case, which they decided 7-2, to two, was a narrow decision, which, by the way, our media was dumb enough to not know that a narrow decision means that it applies to that case and that case only. But what happened? What happened? You had two sides blowing up on extreme spectrums. You had one side who believes that, essentially, any bakery should have a gun to their head, and whoever comes in and wants something made for them, or for any event, they gotta make it, no matter what the cake is for, no matter no matter what it's supposed to be decorated like, they believe that the government should stand behind that baker with a gun to their head and say, you're making the cake. You're making the cake, man. It was an argument that argued that Austin Peterson brought up in the libertarian presidential debates in 2015 against Gary Johnson. It was a hot-button issue on the libertarian spectrum of things. So you have a fringe that believes that. You have the other fringe that says that any private establishment has the right to refuse service for any reason. Now, that's a dangerous fringe to be a part of. I'm a part of that fringe, and I know what emotions it evokes out of people when you say that. But when you're also a free market individual who believes in liberty being a core concept, that, that, that means that people have the freedom to be assholes. But we also have pretty strong market power. We have pretty strong social media and internet connectivity and connection to the degree that if a gay person or a transgender person walked into a bakery and the bakery said, fuck out of here with that, we're not serving you, that people would say, wow, that's a disgusting establishment. They're just not serving these people because they don't like them or they hate them. I think word would get out and I think a crap ton of people may boycott that business. It might give that business bad publicity. And I think it's bad business decisions. 
But the Supreme Court case, I, I digress. And I'm sorry I get into these rants, but I, I, I'm rather, I'm, I'm in a rather pissing mood this week over this stuff. I'm in a rather pissy and a rather hopeless mood this week, and I, I don't want it to come off that way. But the Supreme Court case of Masterpiece Cake Shop wasn't determining whether or not a same-sex couple was discriminated against or whether or not the cake baker had the right to refuse that service. It was over how the Colorado Civil Rights Commission hostily treated the baker, as if he did, it was as if he didn't stand a shot in his case against that. And a lot of people ignore the facts around that case, the facts that the same-sex couple frequented that shop day in and day out and freely bought from him over and over and over again. The only time they were denied is when they wanted a cake for their same-sex wedding ceremony, decorated, obviously, in LGBTQ fashion. And that's when the baker politely refused. But you show me how much media focused on it for the facts of the case. For the actual facts of the case. You tell me how many media outlets did. Because most of them, I found, were biased in one way or another. Either biased in support of the Supreme Court decision, which does not apply. It didn't really justify or declare any law. Which, by the way, is another thing that I'm outraged with the Supreme Court about. At least people who want to talk about the Supreme Court and the decisions they're making. The Supreme Court has been bashed, ridiculed, and politicized to the degree that people think that the Supreme Court is what actually determines the law of the land. That the Supreme Court is the one that makes the law. The Supreme Court doesn't make the law, people. It's not what the Supreme Court does. It's not the purpose of the Supreme Court. It's not to make law. It's not to revolutionize law. It's not to evolve us morally. While the concept of evolving us morally is a noble one, the Supreme Court's job is to take the laws that are made on the books to see if they were followed to the letter and make a determination on that and whether or not it has constitutional merit. Does it violate the Constitution or is the way the Constitution written uphold that? That's the Supreme Court. Take, for example, another Supreme Court case that happened that's been talked about a lot about unions, public sector unions. Well, they just ruled that individuals employed should not have to be forced to pay union dues if they wish not to, if they do not support that functioning body. Now, when I talk about this, I want people to realize I'm not anti-union. I am not 
anti-union. In fact, I am a full-paying member in the union that I am a member of. Why? Because I looked at the pros and the cons. And in my job, where there is high liabilities, where there is probability of lawsuit, I don't mind paying the 11 bucks or whatever it is a paycheck to the union to negotiate for my contract with the state and also have access for when those lawsuits come, if they come, so that I have legal representation. But everybody else working in my industry doesn't have you, you don't have an option. You're either a full paying member with full member benefits or you're a fair share member with no benefits. Granted, they take less money from you if you're a fair share member. Granted, in our union's case, I do believe that they do represent them. Or at least they tend to represent them. And mind you, that doesn't just spread to legalities either. That is that spreads to in-house disciplinary items, our pay raises, our pensions, that that type of thing. But never, I I, I can't wrap my brain around this. Where do you where, where do people find? Because some people said it was a, a a a great disservice to the individual person that the Supreme Court ruled that the individual person should not have to be forced to pay into a union. Now remember, I'm not anti-union, but I'm a realist. I'm a realist, and I'm a middle ground road guy. So when you say union, I do not just blanket picture all unions as golden boys doing the right thing for everybody. No. I have seen corruption in unions. I have seen self-serving in unions. I have seen the game of politics played worse than even at our national level in unions. Unions can be gasp, corrupt. Unions can be bullies as well there can be a level of coercion with unions towards their own members it happens let's not blanket everything union as perfect and handy dandy I realize that one of the things I love when I mention when I mention not being 100% pro-union a lot of people come out and say, I guess you don't like a 40-hour work week and having weekends off and holidays off and all that. Well, you don't get that in my industry, number one. And not everybody gets that, by the way. I don't Look around in the world. All right, weekends off, that's not commonplace anymore for a lot of different people in a lot of different businesses and industries. And if you want to say it's just because there's no union there to, to fight for it, you're wrong. You are wrong. 
40-hour work week. Some people wish that they could work more hours to make more money to get by. In some cases. And then other people are going to say, well, I guess you don't like health benefits. Well, you're trying to fight for health benefits on a na- on a nationwide single-payer scale. So I don't even know why you're bringing that up in your pro-union argument because you apparently hate the health benefits as they are. But that's a whole other complex set of issues as well. That's what people will say right out the gate. And I'm not... I will say I'm not disparaging unions from however many years ago. But that fight is done. That fight happened. Just because... Just because a union... I don't know, would disappear nowadays. And I'm not saying abolish the unions because, again, freedom of association. If you want that approach in your workplace, fine. That should be a voluntary thing that you pay money into. You should not be coerced. That should not be a condition of your employment. That's a conscription on people's freedom of association. So I'm not saying that they shouldn't exist. But to talk about everything that's been accomplished up till now, acting like it would magically disappear because we are just powerless peons to the gods that control our everyday lives. Corporations are not gods. Politicians are not gods. Government is not God. Then you have Justice Kennedy retiring. Justice Kennedy who is hailed as one of the key defactors that help tip the scales in favor of gay rights, LGBTQ community. And he announces his retirement, and what do even left-leaning websites and blogs do? There was a host on, on Twitter, on social media, and maybe that's the plague of society right there, is, is the social media. People, articles, opinion pieces, coming out saying, shame on Justice Kennedy. Fuck Justice Kennedy. A, a Comedy Central comedian tweeted out, I wish this Kennedy took a bullet instead of the other one. Ah, ha, ha, that's, that's real funny because I guess the 80 plus year old man who wants to retire and finish off whatever's left of his life I guess that doesn't matter and it doesn't matter that he voted in a fashion that supported your rights or something that you supported at least anyway I guess it doesn't matter that he voted that way, that he interpreted the Constitution that way for you, I guess that doesn't matter either. And screw his legacy, because it's worthless now that he gave it up under Trump. How selfish of him. No, not how selfish of him. How selfish of you to say that the man can't retire just after, just after You were all complaining. You all were complaining. Supreme Court needs term limits. This shouldn't be a lifetime appointment. 
And then Kennedy retires. Oh, how could you, Kennedy? This means Trump gets to put another nominee. It's going to tip the scales for, for at least a decade or better. Why has the Supreme Court become a battleground between progressives and conservatives? Why is that the battle? Because, because, instead of the Supreme Court being what it's there for, it's being manipulated. Think about it. Why pass a law? Why go through all the hassles and the red tape of uh, debating it in Congress? The grueling process that, I don't know, we elected you for. Why go through all that? When you can just get enough Supreme Court justices who think this is the way it should be and can tip the scales in a ruling... It's power. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Our Constitution's been beaten, battered, bruised, amended, rewritten, and not without good reason at times. There's a reason why I've told people I'm not a, quote, constitutionalist. I like the concept of constitutionalism. But just because enough people, just because a majority of people declare something as right and as just doesn't mean it's right and just. Sometimes I'm wondering if people don't think on these scales. For instance, right now, if you're saying that Trump and this current government and administration is bad, and you think they're doing bad things, and you think you're powerless, except for your vote for representatives, if you think you're powerless except for your vote, Let me ask you a question. Why? Why then would you want the government to remain as powerful as it is but just voting different people in? Why? Have you asked yourself that question? If if you're one of those types that think we just got to get the right people in there so that things can go our way. This is a pendulum game. It swings to the left and doubles back faster to the right and picks up at quadruple speed and goes back to the left and back to the right each time gaining more momentum, going more extremely the opposite Direction. If you're so afraid 
of the government. Strip it of its power. Rethink philosophy. Change isn't bad, per se. But the way that I want things changed and the way that some other people want things changed vastly different. And why? Because I strive for pro-liberty limited government. Because I think the government is terribly inefficient when diving its hands into every little nuance of our life. And there's many things that we as people can resolve. And by the way, when the government power, especially the federal power, is reduced, think about localized government. I love a thing that Rand Paul said one time, and it was about libertarianism. Localized government is something that you can see with your eyes. You know who your representative is if if you've extended that effort. You have to extend the effort. I know who my representatives are. I've emailed them before. I've talked to them before. I've gone to their coffee meetings before. I've expressed my opinion. I know who they are. And local government is something that you see right at the ground level because you're living in it. But even then, government is not an accurate reflection of your community. And it's not your community. You are your community. Your neighbor is your community. Your neighborhood is the community. Your your town is the community. Your city is the community. If you fear this power... The, the answer isn't, oh, we just got to vote the right people in. No. History repeats itself. This exact scenario will happen again. Unless humanity wisens up, but that hasn't been happening for, I don't know, thousands of years. So why why would it now? Doesn't make sense. This past week was really discouraging. Uh, this past week was was wholly discouraging. Think about Sarah Huckabee Sanders being asked to leave a restaurant. Okay, not kicked out of a restaurant. So if you read a headline that said she was kicked out of a restaurant, no, she was asked to leave, and she respectfully left at the owner's request. Was it a good business move for that business? Probably not. Just as it probably was not a good business decision for Masterpiece Cake Shop to not bake a wedding cake for a same-sex marriage ceremony, probably wasn't a good business decision. But if you look at both cases, you see the extreme divides in ideology and where they become hypocrites. 
Supreme Court comes out, says Master Peak's Cake Shop was discriminated against in a 7-2 vote. Upholds his right to refuse service. And if you look at the reviews online, they tanked for Masterpiece Cake Shop. If you look on the if you look online for the reviews for the Red Hen, <laughs> it's shut down. It's not going to open back up until like July fifth because they're cleaning it after Donald Trump tweeted out how much of a pigsty it was. And there was protesters out there, and there was MAGA people shouting "Make America Great Again" while throwing buckets of chicken shit on the restaurant. Okay, yeah. That's civil. All right. And those same people probably championing the Supreme Court ruling that they believe applies to the entire law of the land. Even though that they have no idea one one minute even detail from the case. And meanwhile, you probably had people on the liberal spectrum who disagreed with what the Supreme Court said in the case of Masterpiece Cake Shock Shop saying that, oh, Red Hen owner had the right to do that with Sarah Sanders. She stood up. She was fighting the power. She was sticking it to the man. That was her right. It's her business anyway. She can refuse service to the Trump administration to stand up against the Trump administration to not support the Trump administration. Well, I'm sorry. They're the same side of the coin in my book. Same side of the coin. Yes, that Red Red Hen owner... (laughs) I had every right to say to Sarah Sanders, excuse me, um, you're part of the Trump administration, and respectfully, I don't want to serve you. I don't want to support that. I don't support what's going on, and I don't want you people here. So please leave. And Sarah left. Who was hurt? Not a damn person. You can have, you can, you can boycott all you want. You can commentate on it all you want. I think it's a dumb business move for you. If your business is making food and serving it, okay, serving it. I mean, people are going to turn it into extreme arguments anyway. Would you serve Hitler if he walked in? No, I'd probably shoot Hitler if he walked in. But guess what? If I shot Hitler if he walked in, it would be against the law because I murdered him. So, yeah, everybody in the public eye might say, hey, he's the guy who killed Hitler. I'd still fucking go to jail because I killed somebody. You know, that's that's the level we're on. If, if we want to, if we want to split it down that bad, then oh my god, we just need to tear the whole thing down. Let's tear the whole thing down. It was fun while it lasted. Let the anarchy and the chaos set in, and you know we'll see where the chips fall. Now, one of the quotes I opened up with in the opening was the was the words quote, and and there's some words that I want us to heed right now, words that I want us to heed right now from John F. Kennedy. So let us begin anew, remembering on both sides that civility is not a sign of weakness, and sincerity is always subject to proof. Let us never negotiate out of fear. But let us never fear to negotiate. Granted, he wasn't talking about American politics. He was talking about America relations with places like Soviet Russia. Nuclear war. That's what he was talking about. 
in his inaugural address. But I believe the context of those words right there. Why aren't we heeding words like that? Why aren't we applying words like that? Why can't we begin anew remembering that civility is not a sign of weakness and sincerity is always subject to proof? Words matter. Words matter. And in light of recent events yesterday in Annapolis, Maryland, at a news organization where a man with a shotgun holed up and killed, I believe it was five people, five people, yes, in, in what was called a targeted attack, What's the first thing that happens as the news breaks out about that? Sean Hannity blames Maxine Waters for a comment that she said at a rally, which, mind you, the comment that Maxine Waters said at a rally was, hey, everybody, if you find somebody in Trump's cabinet or or in his staff, find them and harass them and don't be silent and get in their face, and people will take that out of context and take it the wrong way. But Trump stands up and says that the media is the enemy of the American people. And people will take that the wrong way. I swear to God, the biggest problem in 2018 is that people don't think before they speak and people don't listen to what people are saying. These are... Hairy, hairy times. I mean, it's. It, I mean, literally, when I when I tell you that I was pissed off to no end this week over news and politics, I'm not lying to you. It's not me just saying it. I literally the other day. I literally sat and thought, is it gonna be worth doing my podcast this week? That's what I thought. In my head, I thought, do I really want to do it? Is anybody really going to take my stance seriously? Is anybody going to listen to my approach? Is anybody going to, I don't know, in the mad chaos, anybody going to level down and reason with a good conversation? Or is it just going to be more mindless internet trolling and over-bloated, over-conflated, over-exaggerating whining I literally that I, I tweeted out to somebody that I follow we're followers of each other and we talk politics here and there and I tweeted out I'm at my wits end I don't know what you people want anymore I don't know if anybody really truly believes in liberty anymore I think everybody, I think everybody, for some reason, when I'm looking at everybody, it's like everybody's trying to build government into their God because they don't believe in God anymore. And I'm not saying that we need an injection of religion in people who believe in God like 
I'm plotting on having a episode on religion, so to speak, with a buddy of mine who we're both now, both of us are ex-Mormons, so to speak. I'm not saying there needs to be an injection of religion or believing in God or, 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 or any of that, per se. But, it seems to me that everybody's building up the government and holding them as the gods. Or the new god. And everybody wants to bow before that, as long as it's, as long as it's the stuff they agree with. And if they don't agree with it, their plan is to vote in the people who will push that through, right or wrong. And that's who they want to bow before. And I think it's a bad idea. I really do think it's a bad idea. And in terms of thinking about how we're going to evolve in the next, I'm going to say, 8 to 12 years, sometimes really does scare me and if you're somebody who's completely and vehemently anti-Trump in every way, shape, and form and feel like that now you should probably ask yourself why do I who also doesn't see eye to eye with Trump and praise everything he does or criticize everything he does but also don't 100% agree with you either Shouldn't you be asking, why do I feel that way? It's a little bit insane. That being said, maybe it was what was going on at home and what was going on at work for me. Or maybe it was just because a little too much happened this week and people are getting a little too extreme in their rhetorics or rhetorics, however you want to say the word. My wife was just bashing me earlier today for saying rhetoric. I don't know. I don't know if she's very well versed in the language. I don't know. I think my English grades were higher than her English grades, but that is neither here nor there. I think maybe maybe it's time to really aggressively start pushing for the middle ground conversations. And that might mean that it's time for me to start reaching out to people who are willing to talk. Whether they're on my side or not. Just as long as they'll keep a civilized conversation about it. And debating the pros and cons and the aspects and the philosophies. Maybe it's time for me to start pushing for that. And start evolving the show a little bit more. I mean, it's always going to keep the libertarian principles. That's ingrained into me. That's territory that is rather unnegotiable on, on many fronts. But I was just, I was highly discouraged this week. And at my wit's end. And part of it might just be because I haven't had vacation. And vacation is a few short weeks away, and when I take vacation, there will be a solid, you know, probably, if not 
two-week period, possibly a three-week or a whole month hiatus of the show in the weekly episodic format. Maybe it'll have a video break up here or there, like a 15-minute long thing, a short, sweet, to-the-point thing. Or maybe I'll stick to just some written pieces while I take the sabbatical. You know, I can't say one way or another right now because I I just need my vacation to get here. I really do need to unwind. And that might have played a factor, but it's time to start. It's time for, I think, everybody to start asking these questions and really taking a step back and wondering, you know, what's going on in this world. Guys, thanks for listening. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at FritzQS, F-R-I-T-Z-Q. S, the letter Q, as in Quail or Quincy, you know, the letter Q. At FritzQS on Twitter, Facebook.com slash the FritzCast for the official Facebook page of the FritzCast podcast. FritzCast.wordpress.com for my personalized blog and other blog-like contributions from me at 71Republic. Check out my friends at 71 republic.com and as always if you need to get in contact with me it's fritzcastpodcast at gmail.com I hope you all have a wonderful weekend coming up and I'll see you all next week <laughs>